not wise to fight against God, not wise to fight against his plans and his programs that he has in store. And the good thing about God is that he's good and that his plans are good and uh, everything, he has your best interests at heart, okay? He's, what did he say in Jeremiah? Know my thoughts concerning you. He's got good things planned. His thoughts toward you are good. And uh, I'd like you to understand that the enemy, Satan, the devil, that old serpent, the dragon, uh, Apollyon and Abaddon, the angel of destruction, he has uh, only got bad thoughts. He has no good thoughts. He is anti-God, anti-God's anointing or the Christ. He's against everything that God stands for. No matter how he veils it, no matter how he camouflages it, no matter how he masquerades, what did it say in Revelation uh, that they call themselves apostles, but they're not? And then uh, also how that uh, it's contained in the scripture that he would uh, present himself as an angel or a messenger of light, but that he's actually the angel of darkness. He's uh, not come to help. He's not come to lift you up or to encourage you. There is no mercy. The characteristics of the enemy, you will not find mercy, uh, one of them. You're not going to find love as one of his characteristics. You cannot, you cannot appeal to him. Uh, I recently read in the newspaper about a young uh, man. He was probably 17, 18 years old. And of course, he was where he shouldn't have been. And he was hanging out with people he shouldn't have been hanging out with. And uh, when you're in the wrong place with the wrong people, you can look for something wrong to happen to you. And uh, they were going to rob him, this woman and another man or two. They were going to rob. And this, uh, they quoted in the Bible that he, he, as they were shooting him, he cried out and he said, why are, why are you shooting me? He said, I'm nobody. I have nothing. And uh, let me tell you something. The enemy isn't going to respond favorably to uh, somebody begging for mercy, you know, have mercy on me. I have nothing. I'm a nobody. Why do you want to shoot me? Why do you want to mess with me? And I thought it was such a pitiful uh, scenario and situation, and I, uh, you can't help but feel for people, but we've got to get people before they get themselves in those positions because the enemy is not going to show them mercy. Uh, you have read no doubt about the man from the Bible, a certain man, how that he lifted up his eyes being in torment because he had uh, ignored God through the years, in his early years as youth, and then a little bit later growing up, and then finally uh, a rich ruler, and how that um, he had an opportunity, but he turned his back and went away sorrowful because the things that he possessed meant more to him than the one he didn't possess. Now, a lot of people are uh, professing, but they're not possessing. And uh, some people are just posers, you know, they just... Uh, what did Jesus say? Whited sepulchers, but inside they're full of dead men's bones. There's a certain polish about them, and they have a certain way of looking and a certain way of presenting themselves, but there's, there's nothing real. There's nothing uh, follow-through here. There's nothing that begins to produce, uh, number one, getting the Spirit, and then producing, or the Spirit will, of the, of the fruits of the Spirit, will be produced in a person's life who truly has the Spirit of the Lord. Somebody was telling me just the other day that uh, somebody was telling them that they were uh, saved and they're always uh, talking about it and, 
and said, but when they're on the job, said the individual is constantly um, cussing, constantly bad words coming out of his mouth. But then he's always talking about getting people saved and getting people saved. And I said, well, why didn't you just look at him and ask him, when are you going to get saved? And, you know, when he tells you he is, say, well, I can't figure that out because you certainly didn't get saved or delivered from cussing. You didn't get delivered when the book said, let no filthy communication proceed forth out of your mouth and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. We've had, uh, years ago, we had a, a young man, he's here on the platform and he plays uh, the saxophone for the Marvin, and he... Um, he worked down at uh, the dealership. Don't know what name it was. You know, it's always changing. But whatever name it was at that time, and he told about this guy, and I went down there to get a part, and I see this guy coming, and, he, and his back was to me, and, and it said apostle. I was very glad that he told me that he was that, because otherwise I don't think I would have thought so. But uh, and then I had the guy with the hat. One guy had a hat said apostle across it. So anyway, I asked Marvin, I said, so who's the apostle? And he said, oh. I said, what? He said, that guy, he cusses more than anybody in this whole place. He said, every word out of his mouth is nothing but filth. And I said, well, you know, um, that kind of helps you to identify that he's not. And as Revelation said, you tested or you tried them who said that they were apostles and found out that they were not. So, you know, you've got to, you got, your soul is at stake here. And it's going to behoove you to uh, try some things. What did it say in 1 John? Try the spirits, whether they be of God. Put them to the test. It's important. There were lots of people. Satan comes down to this planet, and he begins to set up shop. He begins to go about to bring havoc. He wants to destroy. God's got a plan for planet Earth. He puts Adam and Eve there, and here comes the slithering serpent, and Satan begins to work through that subtle beast of the field, and he begins to uh, question and plant doubt and fear and unbelief and get Eve to get involved with what she shouldn't get involved with, to look at what she shouldn't look up, to partake of what she shouldn't partake of. And sin is not going to contain itself to one individual. And so Eve, after doing wrong, she then got Adam involved with doing wrong. And so pretty soon it became a family affair, and the next thing you know, uh, we're, we're being put out. We're, we put ourselves out of the garden. And what a sad thing it was. And God sets an angel with a flaming sword and said, you're not coming back in here because of your sin and your situation. And yet the Lord God Almighty made a way, gave a promise, and he said, the day will come when uh, the enemy, you'll bruise uh, my, my, my Christ." My anointed one's heal, but he's going to crush your head. I'm going to reach uh, for the children of man, and I'm going to bring a plan. I'm going to bring a message. Now, many uh, thousands of years have passed by, but the time has come. The scriptures have been given. The prophecies have gone forth. The battles, many of them have been fought. And uh, line upon line and precept upon precept. And here we come to the fullness of time. And that's when the scripture teaches that the Spirit of the Lord spoke the word over Mary, and she brought forth, after the due course of nature, that flesh. She brought forth that visible manifestation of the invisible God. The invisible God chooses to robe himself in flesh and to show himself among mankind. And so she brings forth the babe. The babe begins to grow in grace and knowledge and favor with the spirit and with man. And as he goes about, the time has come now for his showing 
to the, the people of Israel, the land of Israel. And uh, as he goes forth and begins to do good and heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the leper, do so many wonderful things, of course the enemy is going to uh, fight against that. He's going to resist that. And he attempts to tempt the Christ. And remember, in all points he was tempted like as we are. Yet he was without sin. And his way of handling it was through chapter and verse, through the word of the Lord. And he began to give Satan the chapter and the verse and tell him it is written, it is written, it is written until Satan uh, uh, left him and departed from him. Well, the Bible taught you if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. It didn't tell you to get into a fist fight. It didn't tell you to pull a gun. It tells you that those are not our weapons, but the weapons of our warfare are mighty through the Spirit, through God, through the Spirit. And that's how you cast down the enemy. That's how you deal with the enemy. You don't deal with natural ways in when you're in a spiritual battle. You've got to deal in the spiritual realm. And so Jesus, through the Word of God, Jesus took the sword of the Spirit, and through the anointing, He began to deal with Satan until Satan departed and left, defeated. He's always been defeated when he got thrust right out of heaven and he's going to stay defeated. So I suggest that you get on the right side of things and I suggest that you do not identify with the enemy. Not in how you think. Not in how you speak. Not in how you dress. Not in how you live. None of these ways, do you, or not in how you worship, you do not want to identify with the enemy. We want nothing to do, in other words, with rebellion. Because rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. You don't want to identify with a rebellious spirit. A spirit that is anti or against God and against His precious Word and against the teaching of His Word. You want to realize that Jesus came and showed Himself in the flesh. And anybody that doesn't believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, the Bible said He's not of God. He is an antichrist. You want to get this word, get this chapter and verse, and realize there is one God, and that one God showed Himself visibly and walked among men and women and came to condemn sin in the flesh. Show you how it's going to be done. And He did it. And everybody said amen. amen. All right then. So, as he went about doing the good that he did. He didn't go around doing bad. He wasn't hanging out in the wrong places. The closest he came to the wrong place was to teach and preach and testify to people and heal all those people that were so sick and had problems in their lives. But you didn't find him hanging out and fellowshipping the wrong thing and doing the wrong thing. No, tempted to do those things, but no, he resisted that temptation. He turned away from that temptation. And don't you think Satan isn't going to slither up into your life after that you begin to come to God's house and after you begin to turn from Satan to God. Then you become a big target right then because the enemy realizes that the grace of God is appearing into your life and into your heart and your mind and you're beginning to respond to it in a favorable way. You're beginning to attend services. You're gathering together. And somebody said one time, and I, of course, do teach this, that this is a church house. This is a building. This keeps us out of the elements out there and sometimes provides nice, cool air conditioning. But let me tell you something. Uh, you, you want to realize the church itself is people, people that have come out of darkness, people that come out of the dens and the dives and the wrong places and the wrong activities and the wrong way of, of, of living. And they come out of that, and they come into his 
marvelous light. And the reason that can happen is because of His grace. Because while we're yet in sin and, and we're enemies uh, in our wicked minds, He loves us. He loves us right in the mud. He loves us right in our wrong words and our wrong thoughts and our wrong ideas. And He reaches out for us. It's His love through the church. It's the grace of God. That the favor that is extended to you, that you get an opportunity to do what the book said. Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'm going to do something good in your life. To learn of me. Let me teach you. Let me show you. Let me open your understanding of the Word of God. You, it's important that you begin to rec recognize the earmarks here so that you can identify with the body of Christ. You can identify with the church of the living God, the church that Jesus gave birth to in Acts chapter 2 in your Bible when about 120 showed up in the upper room. They went there on purpose. It was premeditated. Jesus told them, go and tarry in the city of Jerusalem. There you are to preach and to teach in my name. You get to there and you get people forgiveness of their sins. You remember I've told you and taught you these things and they obeyed him. They did what he said. They went just a little further down the road and everybody said amen. amen. So they went to the upper room and when they got there and they begin to worship and they begin to praise then the Bible teaches that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and the church was birthed right then and right there recorded in Acts chapter 2. You want to identify with Acts chapter 2. You don't want to run from the book of Acts. You don't want to avoid the book of Acts. You want to delve into the book of Acts. You want to go to Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 and read it slowly and read it carefully and read it prayerfully and ask God to open your understanding, okay? I love the whole Bible, but you better understand that Genesis all the way through Malachi and Matthew, Mark and Luke and John, they point to the book of Acts and Revelation all the way back points through Romans, points to the book of Acts. Acts is where it actually happened. It is where the birth took place. It is where Jesus gave birth to His body, the church of the living God, where people for the first time for whosoever will came out of darkness into marvelous light. They came into the church. And everybody said amen. All right. And that church that Jesus gave birth to, you want to identify with that. What took place in their life? What happened? What was the effect on their lives? Now, Luke said, For as much as many, many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. Okay? Among us that are believing in Jesus, following Jesus, obeying Jesus. He said, uh, then he went on to say, Even as they delivered them unto us, that the, Jesus gave it and the prophets Along with that, the apostles and the prophets, the teachers, all of these things God used to work together to give to you this beautiful truth, okay? And uh, this is where we get, uh, find out from Acts 2.42 that the church that I just told you about, that it, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, okay? So when Jesus gave birth to his church, having trained the disciples and the apostles and then gave birth to them through the born-again experience. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, born again of, of spirit, and of the Spirit, and then they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And they begin to baptize that day. The Bible said 3,000 were added to the church or the body of Christ. People coming out. Church literally means called out ones. 
They were called out. They came out of darkness. And how is it written also? Uh, Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, not to be a partaker of their evil deeds and their sinful ways. That's how we were born in sin. And we were born in iniquity or lawlessness. We have a lawless nature. Wild by nature we were. But that, that grace of God, that grace of God came to us and gave us the opportunity. The light shined, if you please, in whatever prison your mind was in, whatever was imprisoning you, whether it, whether it be false doctrine or whether it be drugs, whatever you want to name that the enemy uses, any kind of invention, any kind of perversion. He's going to do it to keep you tied up and keep you in darkness. But you've got a chance to have that light shine in your dark place. Isn't that what the example was when Jesus came? That great light had sprung up in that land where there was great darkness. But i got to tell you, in that land of great darkness, there came a greater light. And that greater light is Jesus the Christ. And he gave birth to his church. And he sent his church going forth into all the known world. He said, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That Holy Ghost that you've heard of me. That Holy Ghost that John told you, not many days hence, you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And when they were baptized with the Holy Ghost, they were bidden of the Lord to fill their city and then to go beyond their city limits and fill everybody with this truth. Bring this doctrine. Bring this message. I want to identify. I want to identify with Jesus. I want to identify with his word. I want to identify with what he started. I don't want to uh, turn my back on what's righteous. I don't want to turn my back on the correct thing and the proper thing and the holy thing. I don't want to. I don't want a social club. If you want a social club and shake hands, well, you know, you can go down to somebody by some letters and you can, you know, sit around and drink, I guess, and do your little thing. But that, you know, you can belong to some some group that rides motorcycles or sits at a bar or there's so many clubs out there and so many different things that you can identify with and that's what you'll be identifying with the wrong spirit operating in the wrong way that brings harm and misery to so many lives and keeps people uh, concerned about this life and not seeing the world to come the real world the spiritual world the world to come or you can begin to look for Jesus didn't the um, the wise men they were searching for him and they were searching for him through the word of God. And they found him. And when they did and they worshipped him, they went out another way. There was a change in their life. Then you're not to go back to the same old lifestyle. There's to be a change here for the good. Not just a change for the sake of change, but a change for the good, that God is doing something really good in my life. And I'm not just spouting words, but my life has changed here for the good. You know, when I I was very wild, and I was very rebellious, and I was very lost, and I was very confused, and I was very ignorant. And, uh, of course, I didn't think any of those things. I thought I was cool. You know, who doesn't, right? And so, uh, but I remember when uh, I, got, I got witness to, and I began to read the Word of God, and my life began to change. Now, my wife was very skeptical, and she had a lot of reason to be, and we were very young, and um, this was 40 years ago, and she, um, she, did, she came to church with me one time, first time we both went, and we loved it. It was great. It was different. It was, it was just awesome. But uh, she began to shrink back a little bit because she wanted to see if this was just a fad, 
if this was just a passing fancy like so many other things had been. And yet what was helped her to identify that this was the real thing was the change, the good change in me. See, when God begins to do a work in your life, he that has begun a good work, he's able to finish it. But he's also able to start it. You've got to start it before you can finish it. And he begins to start a good work in your life. And everybody said amen. And he begins to deliver you from sinful things and harmful things and, and, and selfishness and pride and rebellion and disobedience and all the things that just are the works of the flesh. He delivers you from those things. He's working in your life. And if you're responding to it, you begin to get in this light and you're because you're coming out of darkness. What did it say? No man takes the, the uh, light, the candlestick, and puts it under a bushel basket and then shoves it under the bed. said, no, you set it out on the table so that all that are coming might see the light. Okay? People need to see the light. People need to see you having this light in your life. You can't tell somebody to be saved out of this side of your mouth and out of this side of the mouth you're cussing like a sailor. See, that doesn't work. That's, that's very, very much a contradiction. And, and one thing winds up canceling out the good thing. The bad thing cancels out the good. People can't hear any good thing or it's being swallowed up in all the other loud filth that's coming out of your life. What did it say in... Um, teaching in the book of Corinthians it did talk about a certain sound not just any sound but a certain sound and that certain sound there is for an example in the armed forces there's a certain sound that lets them know it's battle time there's a certain sound that lets them know it's go to sleep time there's a certain sound that tells them that it's get up time that's the one you really hate to hear <laughs> all right everybody said praise the Lord yeah Lord I got one of them next to me it's called an alarm clock <laughs> Sometimes you just want to reach over there and bam! But you know, that's going to cost you money, so you don't do that. But anyway, a certain sound. He said if you didn't have that certain sound, then who would know that what was going on? They, they had the same thing in the Old Testament among the camp in Israel that was set up in order and certain in the center of that camp was the, was the tabernacle and the leadership and the Levites and then all the tribes were around north, south, east and west. You always want to build your life around God, around Him, His presence and what He's doing. You don't uh, go out there and, and make God last. You know, and God, you've got to work with my schedule. Well, you're going to be all by yourself missing God sure enough because he doesn't work on your schedule. You've got to work on his schedule, okay? Everybody said amen. He is the ruler. He is the lawgiver. He is the alpha and omega, the first and the last and the beginning and the ending. He is all of these wonderful titles and characteristics that he gives forth are all good things. And you want to get, your, get yourself building your life around the, the, this that you should be identifying with. I want to know the church when I see it. I want to know Jesus when I'm seeing him exemplified in somebody that's claiming to have him. I want to be able to put my finger on chapter and verse and prove what it is I'm believing uh, here. I don't want it to just be uh, looked there and say, oh, I've been believing that. It's not even in the Bible. I want my chapter and verse. I want that word of God. I want to be able to tell people how to get what was given to me. And that's what the apostles did. They can, and the church did. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. When you looked at the apostles and said, where did you get the doctrine? The apostles would point to Jesus and say, I got, the, got that from him. 
and he is captain of this salvation. So you go back to the source, and he is the primary source. And you hear me? That's why when he would pray in the days of his flesh, he would give glory to God because he, the flesh of Jesus Christ, the man Christ used, would point to the Spirit because it all comes from the Spirit. And there's only one Spirit. Everybody said amen. And I qualify that one good spirit. Amen. I've told you some people claim they, they have a, uh, a spirit, but it's, it's not a holy spirit. It's an unholy spirit. They got a spirit all right, but there ain't nothing holy about it. We want that holy spirit. We want that good spirit. We want the spirit that is of the Lord. And when you get that in your life, then your life is going to show that. You're not going to go up to a, um, uh, a sticker bush and, and reach in there and just grab it because what are you doing? There's stickers there. Ow, ow, ow. Why did you do that? Well, I was looking for an apple. I don't think you're going to find an apple or a pot roast among the thicker thickets. You know? You're not going to find that. You're just going to hurt yourself. Okay? So you want to identify here. You want to identify. You don't want to get involved with something that's going to take you further away from God, make your life more miserable, make things more terrible in your life. You're, you want to identify. If you want an apple, friend, you better make sure that's an apple on that tree. If you want an orange, make sure that's an orange on that tree. And so on and so forth. You want a great big juicy watermelon? Well, you better make sure you're in a watermelon patch. All right? Everybody said hallelujah. Well, then I'm telling you, you want to get in the book. And you want to make sure that you're looking at chapter and verse in subject matter. And you don't want to run from any chapter and verse or try to explain away any chapter and verse. The writer here said, I'm trying to give you something that is certain. It's most certainly believed among us. I want to give forth a sound, an utterance that gives you a certain sound, that you identify the right thing, that you're going to know that this is of God and this is good for me. This is the right spirit. This is the right attitude. This is not coming off with uh, hatred and violence. Uh, this is not coming off with gossip and pride. Oh, friend, you got to learn the difference between the fruit of the Spirit and the works of darkness, the works of the flesh. And there's a great big difference. And the more you get in the light, that Jesus be in that true light, the more you walk in that light, the more you let the light influence you, the Word of God influence you, the more you're going to identify readily the things that are of the Spirit, the things that are of God, and the things that are unclean, you're going to realize that it's going to be a stark uh, contradiction there, and you're going to be able to realize it. You're going to really see the difference between light and dark. You're going to see the difference between bitter and sweet. You're going to see the difference between righteous and unrighteous. You're going to be able to identify, and I'm telling you, then coming out of Egypt and God being a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day, more the more you got into that light, the more that light got brighter, and the more you moved into the center of this thing, the more those things seemed strange dark and foreign what it say be not led away with dumb idols you don't you've got to recognize this is not of God this is something that is not correct and this is something I'm going to get away from I'm going to get in the light I'm going to get where the light is bright I'm going to get into a place where not just anybody can approach unto it takes the grace of God pulling you and inspiring you to get close to him Jesus 
when he introduced the church and as they were standing around him and he asked them, he said, whom do men say that I am? And they began to tell him, well, some say you're Jeremiah. Others say you're Elias. Others say you're one of the old, they got nasty then, didn't they? One of the old prophets risen up. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and then Jesus brought it down and said to the apostles, whom do you say that I am? He's looking at the future church that he's going to give birth to, that he's going to baptize them with the Holy Ghost and fire. And he says, whom do you say that I am? And this is when Peter spoke up and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For you didn't get that from flesh and blood. He said, you got that from my heavenly Father. That came through the Spirit. You got a spiritual experience. You got a spiritual insight. You got a shaft of a bright light that just came like a beam right into your mind, your heart, and gave to you the revelation of who I truly am. And, I, and he began to preach to them and teach to them. But the point is that they identified Peter through the Spirit identified who he was. He wasn't Jeremiah. There was a good spirit identification there. He wasn't Elias. Good spiritual identification there. And those were good things. But friend, I want you to know he wasn't just one of the prophets. He wasn't just an also ram. He wasn't one of the old prophets risen up. He was the very Christ. The Christ indeed. I'm telling you, he wasn't any kind of uh, what do they call a forerunner? He was the, I like those forerunners all the way, friend, from Abel all the way up to John the Baptizer. Love those forerunners. Love when they popped up in the, in the hills of, of history and, and gave us a little more light and brought it along a little further. Love to teach it all. It's great. You go to Hebrews 7, you can get uh, Hebrews 11, and you can get it in capsule form. But my friend, when Jesus came over that hillside, John said, take a look. There he is. That is him. They identified. That's the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's him, invisible, showing himself visibly. There he is. And the other thing you like is that Jesus further helped them to identify because he walked the walk. He didn't just talk the talk. He exemplified. He had fruit. You know, the Old Testament, when they, they made the priest's garment and he wore it, and along the fringe, all on the bottom, there was uh, pomegranates and there were bells. And you, you want to make sure that we're not all bells. We want some fruit in there. Okay? So we, we don't want to wind up. You see, people can, people can play church. Many people play church. Many people just have their little religion. And uh, they, they can imitate. The devil is an imitator and a mocker and a counterfeiter and uh, I know you take great pains to find out if, if your money's counterfeit or not you know you don't want to go to the store and wind up or go to the bank and, and, they, and they wind up telling you that's counterfeit you don't want that to happen that's a, a very depressing feeling to find out that your money is counterfeit it's of no value whatsoever well I'm trying to tell you that you want to make sure in the church because the enemy is a mocker the enemy is a counterfeiter. The enemy can, knows how to masquerade, and he knows how to work through people and organizations to masquerade and to counterfeit anything to keep you from getting to the real thing. I would just imagine that the tree of life 
in that, in, and Satan was all around that, that uh, tree of knowledge of good and evil that God said don't mess with it, and there was that beautiful tree of life, and they didn't mess with that. They didn't go touch that. They didn't take, they didn't even feel like they should go in that direction. No, no. They had to go over there and get involved with exactly the thing that God told them not to get involved. That old rebellious nature, the nature of the nature, rose up, and they got involved with the wrong thing. You, you, you want to get involved with the right thing. You don't want to be attracted to the wrong thing. Hence, we've got to get away from the flesh, and we've got to get in the spirit. The spirit is going to be attracted to the, and identify with the spiritual things. And how great it was when, when uh, John the baptizer pointed to him. How great it was when he began to walk up and down the hills and the streets and deal with people, and, and they begin to watch him. They begin to uh, observe his life, that he wasn't, what did the Bible say uh, about uh, sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal, that you can claim, oh, the love of God. You know, you can say so many words, but, you know, if there's not some walk going on there, if there's not some fruit being produced there, then you should pause and scratch your head a little bit and say, just a minute, something's not jihon here. Something is not uh, in proper harmony here. And I've got, to, I've got to be big enough to identify. I just had a man come to church here just a couple of weeks ago. He's a truck driver. I'm waiting for him to come back off the road. He's overland. And he told us, though, he said, uh, he said my wife's involved with the church over in West Palm. And he said, uh, I'm trying to get her away from it. And I said, well, why are you trying to do that? He said, well, because he said, I was going to join that church. I was on my way walking up the aisle, whatever that means, walking up the aisle to join the church. And uh, see, nowadays, you know, that's how denominations do it. You join the church. It's all on your terms you, you, and their terms. And you do handshake and maybe read a little, a little prayer. And then you sign it and put a date. And, you know, you join the church, okay? Well, what you joined was somebody's little local club, okay? Because you got to get born again to get in the body of Christ to get into the congregation that belongs to Jesus Christ. It's a spiritual birth. Jesus said you must be born again of water and of the Spirit, or you cannot see or enter into the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And everybody said amen. amen. And, the, and this great love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which He gives to us. So this guy was walking up to do all he knew to do. That's all he'd have been taught. So he's going to walk up and he's going to join a church. He's going to become a deacon, he told me. Might be like one of those churches around here I heard about that you have to pay $90 a month and then you could be a deacon. Pretty good fundraiser, huh? I think I like those um, spaghetti dinners better. But anyway, uh, he told me that. He told me this himself. And he said that he was walking up there and just as he was getting there, it was a group of men and the pastor and they were talking about how many women in the church they had. And he said he stopped, and he turned around, and he walked away. And he came, and that's a couple of weeks later, that's when he, he got uh, somebody witnessed to him and told him to come see me. And uh, in talking to him, he told me about all this, and, uh, and he couldn't, he, he identified that that's wrong. That's the wrong thing. That's no way for things to be. And here I'm trying to get, do things right. He's been married for 27 years, he told me. And he's got four children and his wife messing around in the, in the so-called church with all this group. And he said, I can't get her away from it. And, and, and he got a little trouble because he got so upset. He shook his wife a little bit, and she called on him, and next thing you know, he's got a problem. And so now he's having to live with his mother, 
and he's, and he's trying to, to dig himself out of this hole, so to speak, and get things right. But I'm trying to tell you, you got people can run all around. You ever read when, when um, the, the two kings were going to go to battle and they came together and they started planning the strategy and the one king said to the other, said, I think we should inquire of the Lord whether we should go into this battle or not. And so the, the one king said, uh, all right. And so the guy said, well, he said, um, let's get some prophets over here. So they call out the prophets, and the prophets come out. And one guy, I guess he was, uh, this is where the, some of the football helmets came from because he, he got him a helmet with some horns coming out of it. And he would run up and down. He'd say, this is how you're going to push the enemy. This is how you're going to push the enemy. And he did his little jig up and down, you know, doing all this stuff. And uh, so the, the, the king, he said, uh, the one king, he said, well, you know, okay, uh, enjoyed the show and the display here. He said, but isn't there another one? And so the first king said, he said, oh, yeah, there's another guy. He said, but he never tells me what I want to hear. And so the second king said, let's get him. Get him in here. And so they brought him in. And so he, having been given an insight by the Lord as to what was really going to happen, and so he came in and he looks around, he's looking at these two kings, and, and he's looking at all these guys with the horns and the he helmets on, and he's like, oh. So he says, uh, they said to him, they said, okay, what's going to happen? We're going to win the battle? God going to give us a victory? And he said, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. Go for it. So the second king, he looked and he said, okay, wait a minute. He said, now look, how many times am I going to have to ask you in the name of the Lord till you tell me the truth? He said, I saw every one of you slain on the hills and the mountains. How do you like that? Well, the first king didn't like it at all. Well, the second king, he had a little bit of fear of God in his life. It wasn't, things weren't going to turn out so good. You know? All them other guys said, man, we're going to be cool. We're going to be this. We're going to be that. And this guy's saying, no, you're not. And so one of the prophets, false prophets, walked up to him, slapped him across the face. Said, which way went the Spirit of the Lord from thee to me? And so the prophet went on to tell them. And he said, yeah, he said, I saw you guys. He said, I saw you. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And the host of heaven. And the Lord said, Who shall go cause Ahab to fall in battle? And so he said, In the dream, it said, A spirit came before him. And a spirit said, I'll go. And the Lord said, And how will you convince? He said, I'll be a lying spirit in their mouths. And so that's what took place. And the battle took place. And of course, the first king, you're talking about hedging your bet. He looks at the second king and he says, Um, you know, I really like your duds. He said, how about you and I change garments today? And so Ahab looked like Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat then looked like Ahab. And uh, so when the battle went on, they all went after Ahab. Only problem was it wasn't Ahab, it was Jehoshaphat. And he was slain in the battle because he was clothed the wrong way, doing the wrong thing, believing in the wrong, listening to the wrong, involved with the wrong thing, made affinity, joined in with the wrong group with the wrong spirit, doing the wrong thing. You know, you, you've got to identify with the church here. The church, Jesus, is real, and he's true, and the fruit of the spirit is what you want to see. Another example comes from uh, your Bible with dealing with um, Aaron, the high priest. There were many, okay, but Aaron's rod budded. It produced fruit. Okay? You see, God has a way of doing things. 
And God has a way. Have you never read where the Scripture said that the Lord, concerning the church, the Lord worked with them, confirming the word, confirming the word. I want the Lord's confirmation on what we're doing here. I want God to stand up and absolutely show himself strong in behalf of his church, his children. You want to be involved with this Bible and what it teaches and that there is a balance within the book and that we are not to go extreme left or extreme right. We are not to be extremists, but we want to be in the straight and the narrow and right on the bubble and going in the right direction and our eyes on the Lord, lifting up our hearts with our hands and we want to be the trees of the Lord that the Bible said are full of sap which means they have the nutriment, they have the good teaching of the Word of God that puts all the good vitamin in them, so they produce the good fruit of the Spirit. There's love, there's joy, there's peace, there's gentleness, there's goodness, there's meekness, there's temperance, there's faith. These things are there and they're being produced. You are in a, in a like the experiment station down here, they're always trying to figure out how to produce a healthier, more productive plant and you better tell yourself you get baptized in Jesus name first thought of this your sins are washed away the filth is gone the garbage is gone and then the heavens are open and you get born again of the spirit receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and the love of God is shed abroad in your heart hatred goes out prejudice goes out bigotry goes out all those different kind of quarreling goes out jealousy goes out those spirits you get delivered from that and in its place you get the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. So you want to establish the identity of the church. Jesus' church baptized in His name. His name is Jesus. That's His name above every name, above every time. If you want to know the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, just say it with me. Everybody said Jesus. Thank you. And if you don't say that name, then all you've done is spout out some of the many titles that he has. He wears all the hats, okay? But his name, above every name, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named after, is Jesus Christ. That's his name. And the church baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And they knew what the name of the Father. It's Jesus. He's called the Everlasting Father. Everybody said praise the Lord. Isn't it nice that the everlasting Father took uh, a time in the fullness of time, a slice of the fullness of time, and sent a special messenger and said, let's tell them my name, my name above every name. Hitherto,fore they've known me by this, 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 and this, and this, but now I'm, gonna, I'm opening the safe and I'm going to pull out the name. And I'm going to send you here. You take it and give it to this little woman named Mary. And you tell her, thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Everybody said amen. Everybody said hallelujah. All right. Things that are most certainly believed among us. I want to make sure that we get that established in our hearts. We identify with the name of Jesus Christ. We had one uh, woman down at the uh, post office and one of the sisters in the church and she was going to get her mail and there was another woman there and the, and the woman said to her, said, uh, short, long story short, she said, oh, you're, you're Jesus only. And having been trained right, she said, no, I'm Jesus everything. 
Jesus everything. That's what we are. We're Jesus everything. Okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. The only excluding we do is the devil and the bad stuff. <laughs> Anything good, we're happy to have it. Jesus everything. Everybody said hallelujah. Everybody said praise the Lord. You know, one place in the Old Testament he said, my name is Jealous. Now you get sick. Jealous, come help me. Jealous, come help me. But the Bible didn't tell you to do that. It told you, hitherto you haven't asked in my name. But now, you ask in my name. And whatever needs to be done, the Spirit is going to do it. Everybody said, praise the Lord. It also said, whatsoever you do in word or deed, that you're to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That sounds pretty plain to me. Everybody said, hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank God. You know, if I told you there was a, a, a safe here, I <laughs> had somebody come out and do a little work and had this little safe, and they were looking at my safe, I said, I got news for you, there's nothing in it. I said, as a matter of fact, I don't even have to open it. I don't know the combination, nothing. It says, just sits there. Stupid thing, I'll take it down and recycle it. <laughs> just a little old thing, you know, probably cost $59 or something. Just sat there all this time. But you know, if I, if I said to somebody, well, we got this safe over here, and uh, it's got a million dollars in cash in it, and uh, uh, here's the combination, one, two, three, four. Oh, you're not going to have any trouble remembering that number, are you? Oh, no problem at all. I got that, one, two, three, four. Million dollars, one, two, three, four, got it. You got it. Well, I'm trying to tell you, Jesus is the combination here, folks. And, and if you want in to the, to the safety deposit of all of the spiritual things, then you're going to have to use J-E-S-U-S. You're going to have to use Jesus the Christ. That's who he is. That's his name. That's the name that you're to do it in. And everybody said amen. amen. That's the, that's pulls, pulls your combination together, cranks that handle, and opens that door. And every good thing, every good thing is there for you. You want to establish the identity of the church. You want to realize that the church believes in one God, not three gods, not ten gods, not polytheism. We are monotheistic. One God. Mono meaning one, okay? One God. And that's all your Bible teaches, okay? From Genesis to Revelation, one God. And everybody said, praise the Lord. You want to identify with the one God, with baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, and you want to identify the church by the fact that they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in another language or tongue as the Spirit gives the utterance. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I told you, the Bible said very plainly that God worked with them, confirming the Word. Okay? When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, and God sends His Spirit into your believing heart, so that you then begin, He speaks through you as you begin to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a confirmation that you just got the Holy Ghost. God confirms His Word. It confirms that you're really believing it. You're not just shaking a hand, signing a card, and then going off to cuss up a blue streak or to go get yourself good and drunk or head to the racetrack or to the girlfriend's house. You know, I had somebody tell me that somebody got the Holy Ghost. I said, does that mean he got rid of his girlfriend of 10 years? The one that his wife's been so upset about? Hmm. Hmm. should be, there is to be a change for the good here. There is to be saved means to be delivered. 
You get delivered from those filthy spirits. You get delivered from those bad attitudes. You get delivered from the wrong things that people find the enemy, like Eve and Adam, inspiring them to partake of that they shouldn't. It's just harmful for them. It's going to destroy them. It's going to tear up, okay? You see, the world and Satan through the world and, and man, like Nimrod, we're going to build us a tower to heaven. We don't need God. We can build this thing. We can get our own salvation. Well, that's what the enemy's been doing, just like through Nimrod, been doing all of these centuries and millenniums, okay? And, and, but God has arranged it to where you can get an experience that he confirms. Lots of people say, I'm a believer. What was that woman in the book of Acts that came around and she was screaming out, these are the servants of the Most High God. They show unto us the way of salvation. And they, it grieved the Apostle Paul because she was uh, making people think that they were that. And they all knew what that was over there, that woman. And they didn't want no identifying with that. It's kind of like the, some people, um, we had one woman come right in church and said it, it, uh, she was very upset and I guess she wasn't coming back because a certain person was attending here. Brother Williams had people on his job that said, I'm not coming to your church, so-and-so goes there. That's not a good thing, is it? When people know, people know not that you did something wrong, but that nothing's changed, that you're still doing the wrong, but you're claiming, I'm holy, holy, I'm in church. You know, People are looking for the real thing, and everybody said amen. People are looking for the good change in your life, okay? And so this woman is dancing around the apostles as they're trying to do the work of God, and, and people were like, oh, they're part of that. And the apostle Paul was so grieved about it that he rebuked the devil and casted the devil out of her. And uh, you want to you wanna identify with the church. The church gets, you know, if you have cancer, we don't hate you. We hate the cancer. So we get rid of the cancer and we want to keep you. Okay? That's the same thing. We want to we want to get rid of the devil and keep the individual. We want to get rid of the bad, and we want to start producing good, Holy Ghost good. And everybody said amen. All right then. So that's what I'm saying to you. We don't want to identify with the wrong. We want to identify with the right. We want to know. We want to establish the things that are right. One God is biblically right. Baptism in Jesus' name is biblically right. Receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and God confirming it by giving you an experience that it confesses out of your mouth as He does the talking, that's biblically correct and right. And everybody said amen. amen. And there are many other. The Acts 2.38 is not the end of the truth. It's the beginning of the truth in your life. Some people think if you just have, turn the thing up for me. Some people think if you just have Acts 2.38 that you've got it, you can live any way you want. That's not true. Romans to Revelation has teaching to the church. You get saved in Acts, you've got to stay saved. Romans to Revelation. Okay? Everybody said amen. amen. So you leave off that staying saved stuff and you're going to wind up not being saved at all. Your devil can get you to back up or lop some of this off in your heart. He's not going to just take one tomato out of your garden. He's going to take the whole garden. And everybody said amen. amen. Well, I think it's time for me to stop. Let's stand together. Everybody said praise the Lord. I want to identify with the real thing. I'm not interested in identifying with the fake and the phony and the 
polished sepulchers, and there's plenty of people that are very polished and very smooth. Okay? But uh, I want to ascertain the origin and the nature and the things that are definite characteristics of the church. I want that. I want to I wanna be reading this book and say this, this is what it is and this is what I'm a part of. I want to be able to explain why I believe what I believe. And I want you to be able to explain why you believe what you believe. You want to have this of a certainty. You want to ascertain that this is right. Lots of times I've talked to people and they say, um, well, I have the truth. And I say, no, you don't. They're very upset. And I say, no, I can tell by your answers to my questions. That there's no, you're not identifying at all with this. You're identifying with the religions of the world. You're identifying with the things that are of men. We're looking for that certainty. We need that certain sound. We need that confirmation that God gives as he works through and with the body of Christ. See, the, the, the nimrods of this world, the denomination, they, they wanted to put God out of the picture, and that's typical of Satan, right? They want to move, elbow God out of the way, and they want to ascend up themselves, and that's what they have done through religion because they have said, we're, not gonna, we're just going to have a handshake. Do you know the reason they stopped um, baptizing by full immersion? was because they wanted to make it so much easier and convenient. Seems like a good idea. Well, it seems like a good idea to the carnal mind, but it doesn't seem like a, a good idea to, the, to God, or he wouldn't have had full immersion to begin with. But Jesus came straightway up out of the water. Now, you've got to get in the water to get out of the water, okay? He came straightway up out of the water. And the word baptism itself means that, to be completely put under, to be dipped completely in. And so, you know, but they, that didn't stop them from changing things. And people and religions have changed things and made their own things. You want to get to where you're identifying. If the Apostle Paul walked in here, he's going to, what he would say would be the same thing that I'm saying. You understand what I mean. He's going to preach Acts 2.38. He's going to preach the things that are following that. And he's going to expect you to identify with that. All right, so didn't he say, follow me as I follow Christ? So identify with me as I identify with him. And everybody said amen. You want to make sure it's certain. You want to see those right characteristics. I'm not looking for hatred. I'm looking for love. I'm not talking about uh, the world's definition of love. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Okay? There is definition to this. Everybody said amen. And I want to associate and affiliate myself closely with the church and with Jesus and his word. And everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Suppose we take a moment, lift up our hearts with our hands. I love you, Jesus. And I need you, almighty God. I praise you. I want to identify with you. I want to identify the church. I will praise yes. the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will see. I will praise the Lord. Yeah. I'm going to 